because the ability to be able to the ability to be able to take things and synthesize them more quickly the research logic, assistant in your strategy in your strategy so that so that discussions around those things can be more productive and consensus might be reached i mean there might be a more level playing field um i think would be useful uh, you just made a good case for my vote that I didn't mean to make because I, I, that makes a lot of sense to me that the just the analysis power could help us as a research assistant as we do some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Product Growth Leaders proudly presents Product Conversations. I'm Grant Hunter, co-founder of Product Growth Leaders and the host and facilitator for these conversations. On a weekly basis, we explore product management and leadership topics through interactive conversations with our product leader panelists. Conversations that will challenge you to think about your thoughts on the topic and perhaps get you to change your mind. Listen, subscribe, and add your voice to the conversation every week in the Product Growth Leaders community. Hello everybody, Grant Hunter here for another Product Growth Leaders conversation. Steve, AI has been, you know, one of the leading things in, in our industry, at least our, in the practice of product management this year. And it was taking me back, God, five plus years ago, I was talking to a neighbor at Starbucks and he was in the big data world. And he's like, do you worry about big data uh, replacing what you do with product management? You know, research shows that we can find product ideas and big data, da, 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 all these things. And I, I, I said to him, I said, as long as big data can't have a interview conversation, a discovery interview to op ask open-ended questions and listen and react, uh, I'm not worried about it. And AI, I, can it get there? It's sort of adding some stuff to AI, but I'd love to get your first take. You know, we're six months since we last had this conversation. Is there anything you're seeing right now that makes you wonder? Not, you know, not really. Uh, you know, I still, uh, where we currently are, at least, uh, AI is like an intern. You have to check their work, right? I mean, you can't just trust them to do it, right? Um, there's a lot of interesting stuff that one can do when you have big data. But I continue to feel that creative work requires humans. Yeah. I mean, you can... Uh, AI can probably do all the future uh, um, Seinfeld episodes, you know, that's a pretty simple formula, you know, but the stuff that we do, I, I think, at least in product management and certainly in development requires a level of creativity. I, I don't think we're going to see anytime soon in AI. I think I, humans been, are important. I've been reading Adam Grant's Give and Take and you know, there's there's some story in there about some of the writers from The Simpsons and Saturday Night Live. And I actually, there is something about collaborative creativity of with mm -hmm. people, which is right. so big in product management that I don't know how it could react. But that's what we're going to, we're going to start talking a little bit about, at least the initial use cases of AI in product management. Uh, what a great panel we have uh, this week. And you know, on Monday, we put this question in the, in the, in the community. What are the product management use cases you have seen for AI? Uh, May, you asked the question, has anything really changed? And I'm assuming that's in the six months since we, we first talked about this. Uh, yeah. 
So talk to me about where what you're thinking, what you're seeing. So at the end of the day, tools are tools, right? Like tools help you do your job better. Tools um, are there to make things easier, faster, better, whatever it might be. Um, but like tools are rarely revolutionary. Uh, I'm sure like when Excel first came out, people were really excited that like you don't have to manually calculate every single column by hand anymore. And you can just like drag it over and all the calculations would copy over. Like remember the first time you've ever done that? It's kind of like that. Right. Well, and actually the becomes... first time I did that, it was in Lotus one, two, three, and it didn't have that functionality. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but it's like that, you know, like after a little bit, the novelty wears off a bit and it just goes back to your work, right? Um, so the, the thing I like to ask people is what brings you joy about the work that you do? And a lot of the times it's like, I really like talking to users and learning about all of the stuff. So if you automate the user interviews, like, where's the place to be curious and to be creative? Um, you can, sure, you can like spend all day reading the AI summarized transcripts from a hundred different user interviews, but you don't, you know, the, the AI is not going to ask the questions a human's going to ask, right? Uh, they're going to ask what questions have always been asked before. There's all that little bits of confirmation bias. So, how do you address that? Also, um, so like my beef with some of the voice of customer tools has been that, yes, it aggregates, but it's what's not said that's really important half the time. When you have a conversation with someone and they particularly avoid a certain piece, um, a human would ask about that and an AI probably would not. So I think it's worthwhile thinking about what it means to delegate to an AI. Um, I don't think we should ever delegate 100%. You just, I think there's so many things in your answer. I think probably the most different threads in my head. One of them is I was thinking about, I think it was the mom test where you talked about using emojis to basically, it's not what they said, it's the reaction, their facial expression, how they did it. AI can't pick that up, right? Uh, but you also brought up curiosity and it made me start wondering about that. I mean, so many things in my head right now because there's so it's such a vital conversation we need to be having. So thank you, May. Uh, let's start with Ari. We've got, we it, what, right out of the gate, we've got our hands up. So we'll start with Ari, go to Julia. Yeah, thanks. Um, I, I think there's a lot of, uh, share a lot of the same opinions with Steve and May. Um, the way I've found AI to be most helpful um, is related to the things that I love most about the role. Um, what I like most is being able to apply critical thinking and like looking at data and information and experience and kind of deriving insights um, and finding the value. And I think AI kind of taking the intern analogy a little further, it's like a, a research assistant. So here's all this information, here's all this data. I need your help synthesizing working through this, helping me derive insights and gut check. And I think the knowledge work, the critical thinking part of product management is never going to go away really or be replaced by this. But I think AI really helps make 
us, it can help us get better results through our critical thinking. It, it, it's interesting. I, I was thinking, and this is, I openly admit I've made really bad calls on technology and the future of stuff in the past. I, in my head, can AI do a proper customer interview to understand problems and value in that type of stuff? I don't, Dutch is, is shaking his head. No, I, I tend to agree with it. But I used to think, why, how could Blockbuster go away? Everybody loves walking around the perimeter of the store, you know, looking at movies and figuring that out. And obviously I was that totally wrong on that. So, you know, gosh, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I hope we keep critical thinking in, in the person realm. Uh, but I can't, you know, I, I, there's enough, I don't know about where this could go. So Julia, you raised your hand as well. <clears throat> yeah, I agreed with what May and um, Ari said about the customer discovery and potentially like taking um, ourselves out of the loop a little bit, but I don't know about you guys, but my experience as a product manager is actually getting the customer interviews, scheduling them, getting people to agree to do them is like one of the hardest parts. So if I could just get something that would do that work for me, bring it back to me, maybe I could tell it to let me know if some keywords are said. And, um, you know, like, I think that would help, you know, like having that research assistant, virtual research assistant would help me personally. And then I would still want to do the critical thinking, obviously, because again, I don't think we can replace ourselves. Um, the other thing is I did use a company, this made me think of it, it was um, AI transcription, but, um, you know, they were able to highlight whether when people were saying things, whether they were saying them in a positive way in green, or if they didn't like something, it would highlight it in red. So it was sentiment analysis. Yeah, sentiment analysis. Thank you. I was trying to think of the word. So yeah. that on top of, you know, the research assistant, then I think that might help me like narrow down who I could reach out to, to have real interviews. You know, it's just kind of like the initial step in the discovery process. I, I completely agree. And, and you talk a little bit, uh, I've been around long enough that I remember this thing called the semantic web. They were talking about 20, 25 years ago. I don't know if anybody else remembers people talking about semantic web. One of the use cases was we can just plug in, hey, I want to have meetings with these people and our computers will talk with each other. And I mean, Calendly is maybe getting there, but it would be help us find the right things. And it seems like this has been a promise we've had for decades. Uh, it'd be interesting. But uh, it's sentiment analysis and stuff like that, I think adds context that could help us think about stuff, highlight areas. Uh, could it pull out the right quote if we're doing a pull quote to use as an example? I don't know how well it could do that. Uh, May seems to think they might be able to. Richard. So, right, I'm a product manager in the data space and AI has opened up the world for me and what we can do, right? I can feed it lists of URLs that people have visited, connect that to data sets of what kind of actions they've taken, and now have predictive models of what other people will be doing so that we can feed that to CRM systems and do alerts for salespeople out in the field so they know who are the primary people they need to contact this week. Um, it's game changing. Game changing. Do you need I, to, I mean, you, but you're in the data space, so you already are in a better place for that is, or. We're I, in a data space, we're in a, but this type of behavior 
would take people weeks mm -hmm. and that we can do it in an hour. So intent, you know, the sentiment stuff, as Julie was talking about, intent-based data. Yeah. Uh, so some interesting use cases to help us maybe better understand, better focus some of the stuff we're doing. I, they, I could definitely see that. And we do, and Steve and I do a lot of work in the uh, intent-based space with our partnership with Outsell. Uh, and so, you know, we're seeing a lot of people who are dealing with the same type of stuff. Think about all the lead generation people. Uh, the yeah. more you can analyze the way people engage with stuff, do stuff, the questions they're asking, the better. And then, right, just from a, you know, day-to-day -day type of stuff in my role, right? Personas. It's yeah. perfect for persona, personas, much better than any individual is going to be because they can aggregate information about tons of people in that role where you're basing it off of the two that you've had a chance to speak with. So AI in that case helps take our biases away. Uh, right. You know, how often do, when we're teaching our courses, do we see people write a persona and somebody in, from the company goes, oh, is that Susan from such and such a place? Like, yeah, it is. And like, no, 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 you're doing it wrong. But AI can help us get get around some of those biases it, yeah. if it's not biased itself, which is a whole different aspect. May. Um, in a past company, the growth marketing team was using an AI, again, so not in the past six months, but they were using a, an AI that allowed them to basically segment per user. Um, to do like targeted ad campaigns or whatever it might be based on that specific user's um, behaviors. And that, that is incredible to me because like in the past, it's, you know, the campaign is human managed, right? Whereas now you can, you can do that with just the data that you have and like iterate um, experimentation based off that. Uh, but it's it's like quite automated. So I think Richard, what you were saying reminded me of that. And I, I think it's important to recognize that like none of the stuff is really that new, right? Like it's just access to, it's finally hit the product management market because <laughs> we're a yeah. smaller market than marketing. We don't usually spend a lot more on tools. Um, so I think it's it's worthwhile considering um, from that angle, like why are they targeting us now for products? No, great, right. I get to do the things that I was dreaming about and roadmapping in 2017 that completely unattainable. Yeah. Now, that's like a query. I just... Yeah type natural language writing into here and it does it for me. Well, it's got to be because competition has increased. So now here we are. And yep. technology has also improved. I mean, right, op open AI at three point from 3.5 even to 4.0 was like a major material uh, change. So uh, Dom, you in in the community, you put what comes to mind is efficiency and creativity, tutoring, training, coaching, product ideation, design thinking. You've got a lot of ideas. Talk to me about what you're thinking. Yeah, so I mean, agree with everything that's happening here on 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 a panel. Um, ultimately, I mean, to me, it's all about efficiency. Uh, it, we accelerate all the work. You know, like Rich was saying, you know things that were happening, you know, 
in a year, it can happen now <laughs> in a minute almost. And obviously uh, we can do our jobs much better. But I, I think the um, uh, efficiency parts helps us be better uh, product managers or helps us to accomplish, you know, um, activities, you know, much quicker. Um, the creativity part, I think, is more on helping us get challenged, right? And giving us um, a route to maybe think differently uh, in areas that we were not, you know, even thinking about. So, uh, because, you know, this bias, you, you, you were mentioning early on, right? We're all very biased and it, it helps us get this, open up our aperture, right? Uh, on everything that, that, that we do. So, uh, but ultimately it's like, you know, like Joe was saying, it's like, we, we need to meet the customer. We, we need to talk to the customer, right? So it's, it helps us funnel and maybe get to the, you know, the, the, the right, you know, interviews that we need uh, to validate hypotheses and whatnot. Yeah. I, and I think that's a key thing, it, you know, for me in, in back to where I started, can it ever do an interview? Will it ever get the ability to have empathy and compassion and, and do that type of stuff? Steve, what's, I mean, where, where's your head on that? Well, I, yeah, I, wait. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there, there are, you know, big data and natural language and, you know, large uh, data sets, all, all of this certainly has lots of opportunities for us to improve, um, to, to take some of the nonsense off of our plate and have it done elsewhere, right? Um, I was uh, thinking about like uh, some, some use, specific use cases of, you know, um, digesting a, a number of interviews into, you know, what we've been doing with like a word cloud or post-it notes or, uh, spreadsheets, you know, we, we've got much better tools than we had. Um, I think of the amount of time I hear marketing people uh, whining about SEO optimization, which feels to me like an entire thing that is going to disappear in 18 months. Hallelujah. Um, and I have these ongoing arguments with this one fellow about, you know, oh, you need to optimize your website. And I'm like, maybe I should. It's, it's the, there's, there's, it's too much work for the results that I get. Um, and I'm sure I'm, I've just now offended, you know, a third of the people uh, who are, who are listening in on this. Um, I'm particularly impressed, however, ProdPad, uh, which is a tool that I like very much, uh, has put a number of AI tools into their product. Uh, in, and one in particular, I love, you put in an Epic, you click on a button and it makes all the user stories which is another sort of secretarial role of product management that will go away. Does the and product owner role get hit before or technical product management before strategic product management? Is that sort of what we see? That's what I'm seeing. I mean, for in the discussions that I have, product owners are not actually doing product management. You know, they're uh, typing in Jira and that that's gone, you know, if not now, very soon. So there's a lot of, 
uh, somebody asked me recently, you know, is is uh, uh, ChatGPT going to take my job? And the answer is, if it can, it will, right? And if all you're doing is transcribing an epic into user stories, then uh, guess what? I can do that in a click of a button. Yeah. But I still believe that, yeah, AI can create songs, but I, I don't think it can create good songs. <laughs> You know, I still think there's a creative aspect that requires humans. No, I I, I tend to agree with that. And hell, the, the whole writer's strike, you know, that was one of the big points there yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, and yet, hang on, run with that for just another second. Uh, I, I know you do, you like Broadway stuff. They had a similar thing years ago with the number of musicians in the pit. Mm -hmm. And I forgot what the number is, but I think the number is like 15 musicians are required in the pit. And yet with synthesizers, a keyboard player can play 14 of those instruments. And so theoretically, there are guys in the pit, you know, um, work playing on their phones because they, they're not needed to play, you know, brass or sax or whatever it is. And that seems like a, a silly scenario to me of well, we have to have these people in the room, whether they're working or not. Uh, and think about how many of us have a secretary like I never have. And, you know, I watch Mad Men and I see all these people and I'm like, I've never worked anywhere like that, nor have I been drinking at 10 o'clock in the morning. But a lot has changed <laughs> since Mad Men days. Yes, completely and totally. Uh, Dominique, uh, Galliard, I was going to go to you and then I'll get back to you. Dom. Do I have any thoughts? <clears throat> yes, please. Um, well, I, I mean, we're just touching on AI for not as sophisticated as some of the things I've been hearing on this call. So it's a great learning for me. Um, I don't have anything to bring to the table other than I really like Richard's uh, use case. I think uh, that's... The, the intent, buyer intent type data. So we'll go to the poll and we've got the growth yeah. or something there. And then I I have similar questions to what Julia posed in the chat with regards to bre breaking epics down. So mm -hmm. we have TPMs that work with the PMs. Um, mm -hmm. They work on the, well, we call them features, right? It's same thing. And then stories slash work items for us are the, the level below. Uh, but yeah, there is a number of intricacies and there needs to be a knowledge of how everything ties together and dependencies. So I think it's not as easy as we'll write an epic. First of all, the epic has to be well-written. That's mm -hmm. a challenge. And then to Julia's point, there needs to be somehow, if you're using AI, needs to know what are all the dependencies, perhaps even cross-team dependencies, right? And platform dependencies. And just, to, I'm not a prod pad, you know, person. I mean, I, I like it, but I also like the fact that it, it challenges me on my epics. Mm -hmm. It's like, I think you need to be more specific here, or does this tie back to one of your overall objectives? And it's, it's, a, a, it's pretty fascinating what they've done at ProdPad with AI. And one yeah, more little rant at real quick. Uh, it, you know, Apple's been incorporating AI into their products for years. And you know what they haven't done? They haven't talked about it. 
they don't say we've got AI, we've got chat AI, we've got the other kind of AI. They're like, hey, now your phone will play a, give you a movie that it created while you slept about the time you went to uh, Puerto Rico. And that's all AI. And it's all beneficial, right? And they're not making a big deal out of it being AI. And I think there's an aspect here of shiny object that's going on everywhere. I've got like way too much AI assistance now in Google and uh, my website manager and Grammarly is checking my writing. And it's just like, could everybody leave me alone while I try to write a freaking sentence here? Google's been building AI for 25 years now. That's what their whole search engine was all about, was was doing the machine learning and the AI behind the scenes. I mean, just a predictive spe uh, text, right? When you start, to, when it finishes your 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 statement for you, uh, there's a lot of that 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 that, that happens. So, Dutch, you actually, Dom, you had raised your hand. You had wanted to make a comment, and then I'll get to Dutch. Yeah, just very very small little uh, comment. Um... We need to make sure that we're addressing the real problem. That's my concern with all this data, all this you know, speed to get to something. Are we actually resolving you know, the right problem? That, that was my only you know, comment I wanted to make sure. No, I, I think that that's a very valid point, right? Too often the tools make it easier to do a whole bunch of stuff and we lose our focus uh, and we can think we can do more. You know, if you look at the statistics, all the automation and, and car safety stuff that are put into cars has not materially changed the accident rates because we adapt to them and sort of we, 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 we increase that aperture as you were talking about, right? And, and we bring more in and maybe let's st start by focusing on being more efficient at what's already on our plate. <laughs> Well, just a little, another really quick rant is I'm, I would really like to have the ability to paste between two documents and not have to rewrite the damn thing every time. And reformat. Yeah. So if, if anybody out there is listening, who's worried about AI, I mean, the step one is, could we have a smarter copy and paste, please? Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to add to what I, what I said earlier. I, one thing that's always in the back of my mind, because I want to say Dominique, but I'll say Dom, uh, made me think of it is the data quality, right? I mean, the data health and the data quality is crucial to all of this because you could do AI all day if you're basing it on bad data, then the results are going to be garbage in, garbage out. Exactly. So I didn't put this, and maybe I should have put this as a question. All of a sudden, we've got all this proprietary information, our customer interviews that are being processed and scanned and fed into the big data, our internal metrics from Pendo or whatever we're using, all these things are there, everything we put into ProdPad or to whatever tools we're using. How many people are actually paying attention to, is it closed or open to what they're putting it into? in the use now. I I, I was reading some stuff in Colado. Colado, is that the name of it, May? Do I have that right? It's it, it, it another AI tool for product that got launched 
this week and you know some of the top thought leaders I know in product ops are like really enjoying it one of the key things they talked about is it's a closed environment it's only your stuff it's training off of it's not so you're not exposing your stuff is this a place that we have to worry about yes <laughs> yes <laughs> yes right i mean we have you know our own internal licensed version of chat gpt that yeah. is being trained on just our content we have john snow labs and we've paid extra to have you know that natural processing language engine only work with our content to yeah. make sure that we're not leaking something that we shouldn't be so I made the first mistake of an interviewer or facilitator that I op I asked a closed-ended question. And so I got a bunch of yeses. Uh, how much, Richard, I'm coming back to you on that one because you guys seem to be thinking about this. How much do you think people are using OpenAI and, and BARD and stuff like that in putting proprietary information into a model that's getting trained? Way too much, right? I mean, even when before we signed a licensing agreement, yeah, right? We had people who were starting to use these tools at work to do their job. And they, right, the company had to block it because yeah. there's no way to control what the individuals were putting in there and making sure that they're not putting things in there that we don't want to get out. Yeah. Or things that could put us at risk of liability of yeah. sharing someone's information. That sounds a little bit like having an internal roadmap and giving it to sales, which guarantees that it does leave the building. Yep. Same idea. Yeah. All right. I That was a little sidetracked. Dutch, I'm finally getting back to I apologize. Uh, no, no worries. I'll, I'll try to keep it really short because my answer kind of ties into other answers that you're going to be asking uh, questions for. But basically, I think AI, especially for product management, is still in the in the research assistant phase, uh, you know, and, and research can be the results you get. It all depends on the questions that you ask. And AI is only going to ask the questions that you ask it to ask uh, if in a user interview. And, you know, um, research shows, well, if you, if you have a survey out there that says, you know, do you like taking surveys? Hey, 85% of the people that responded said they love taking surveys. <laughs> well, of course, <laughs> you know, who are you asking? What are you asking? And there's there's product management tools out there that do competitive analysis right now, but they only do that analysis on your known competitors. If you don't if you don't know one, it's not necessarily going to do all the research that it needs to do. It's not going to be much better than a Google alert that you set up for keywords. Um, so it's, it's really still just in in a research assistance phase as far as product management is concerned uh, for us to do our job, not necessarily for producing the product itself. Yeah. And I, from some of it I've seen is research or executive assistant, right? This is a help me with my research, do some of the legwork there or help me with my admin task type stuff and writing and stuff like that. Uh, any last thoughts on the uh, use cases before we move on to the poll and uh, a couple other questions I've got? I just wanted to tie into something Dutch that reminded me of, right? On LinkedIn, all these content experts and LinkedIn use experts overnight became AI experts. 
<laughs> no, it's true. Uh, you, you've got a very valid point there, uh, Richard. I I, uh, I don't know. I, I started thinking about you know all these posts I've seen on LinkedIn and Twitter about how product managers need to know how to write SQL queries because that'll make them better product managers. And I disagree with that. But I'm like, how quickly did those people like, oh, now I can just, AI can do that for me. And we can figure that stuff out. Again, part of the research assistant type. And if you haven't done it, by the way, it's also super at telling you how to do some wonky Excel formula. Yeah, it, I've seen that. It's like, I always forget how to extract first name from a full name field. And I just put it in and it's like, boom, here you go. And I'm thunderstruck every time it doesn't. I mean, it's a super simple use case, but <laughs> you know, if it's, if you can't find it, it I mean, it's very cool. So complex so queries was, is cool. That was one of the things that was, I was thinking Excel too, because you see so many of the people posting that type of stuff. All right. We're going to get to the poll. Uh, let me bring the poll up. Uh, Steve, if you could highlight me so everybody could read it. Uh, it's not an eye chart. Oh, it's still an eye chart, but not as much as an eye chart. Uh, on Wednesday, we asked, where will AI help reduce the most grunt work? And grunt work was a year Jana Basto uh, of ProdPlan had used in her response on Monday, while providing the most value in the near term for product management. The options we gave were product strategy, making sure we are planning the right things, product planning, making sure we can build what we planned, Product growth, making sure we can sell what we built. Overall stakeholder management and other, it depends. I'm going to start with May. May, you came in uh, with Paul Hatala on uh, overall stakeholder management. Talk to me about your thoughts there. I feel like that's the most painful part of our jobs. Um, and isn't the goal to uh, outsource the easiest things? So in a way, like it's um, a lot of the ways we communicate can be streamlined. So when you say the word streamline, that's a process and process is the easiest thing to automate. So I think if we talk about uh, stakeholder management, at least the communication and alignment piece, like after that initial conversation, having a book of record, having it like replicated, having it automate automatically put it into your whatever presentation you're gonna give, like that would be nice. Um, I would really like to see that. There's like all this other stuff. So if you think about it, like as you're writing stories, that's stakeholder management. Yeah. As you're trying to put together your roadmap, that's stakeholder management. Right, all of these little pieces, the administrative tasks are actually almost all stakeholder management. No, and, and Danny Maravellis had come in, and I, after I saw her answer, I'm like, ah, what? I, maybe I should have gone a little more pro productivity, efficiency. It's just all these tasks becoming more efficient at all these tasks, which is, I stakeholder management, I guess, is what would have been the best place out or other. It depends to do that. Dom Signorell. Uh, I'm trying to get, I've never had two Dominiques on the same call, so I need to make sure I'm, I'm calling for that. You had gone with other, it depends. Yeah, and I, I may have, I should have chosen actually stakeholder management because I want to have a little fun here and uh, help, you know, I want, I want everyone to help. I mean, I wanted my uh, AI, you know, intern, help me say no to all these guys all around me. 
that uh, need everything. So I want to have a creative way of saying no. So it's just, yeah, that because, you know, our time is so valuable, you know, the company's time is so valuable. And I think that that's where, uh, you know, my ad was for, for, the, you know, for this week. No, I, I, I completely get that. Uh, okay, I actually, product we, idea, product idea. Okay. Product it, idea. It, you, you call it an AI, but really all it says is no. It's a no. Can button. we add this into the roadmap? No. <laughs> it reminds me of long ago, Steve, when John Harmer had his no button for our calls. So awesome. Uh, Dutch, if D had been all of the above, and you know I never do all of the above, talk yeah. to us. Actually, I really wanted it to be none of the above because <laughs> Going to the Quartz Open framework, learning is the center of all of our product management. And that's the thing that at this point, getting rid of the grunt work, providing value is doing that research assistance yeah. uh, with, with AI right now. And so being able to have that be the center and you know, the focal point of, of everything that we learn about then drives everything else that actually needs a decision maker uh, for strategy, stakeholder management, and and uh, growth and everything else. So, I'm I'm going with learning, but I didn't I, like I, I didn't I, like just other. <laughs> I, I'll be honest, Dutch. I should have let you do this because that would have been perfect if I because I the other three are aligned with the courts open framework, which Steve just put up. There it is. Discover, <laughs> commit is pl planning the right things. Describe, create is building what we plan. Deliver, connect is selling what we've built uh, and learn is at the center there. So Dutch, you 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 trumped me on this one. I should have had you help me with this. Uh, Clint, you voted for growth and, you, and, and thank you. You said it was a great topic. I appreciate that. No Talk worries. to me about your-, your Yeah, I thought, I thought, you know, looking at, depending on the scope and accountability of the product management role, that you could leverage that for creating training modules, helping with marketing, value propositions. Once you've got the defined requirements and everything set, you can really extract and leverage AI, I think really to help drive. And then obviously you have to go back and review it, but I think it'd give you a big head start in a lot of uh, kind of, as you said, the, the grunt work. I, I, I agree. Steve, you did not vote. What would you have voted for? I'm going to join Clint here and the majority on on growth. I think there's an awful lot of grunt work in go to market in website management in video production. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff there that could be immensely easier or completely eliminated, you know, as I illustrated earlier with the SEO example. Um, so I'm going to say growth. Oh, and, and, you know, and it's, it's super practical. Even right now, I had a scenario recently where um, a client asked for a brochure for something we did not actually have a brochure for. And I wrote a, a pretty detailed sentence for chat GPT and said, write me 800 words on this. And it said, here you go. And I loaded it into word and Grammarly came in and said, oh, I don't like chat GPT's grammar. And they argued for a little while. And then I put together the thing and, and my turnaround was 45 minutes because I was just editing uh, rather than creating. And it, it, you know, and I've got a, you know, a template I can drop it all into. So, I mean, it was a super fast way of addressing this particular 
kind of go to market sort of issue. No, I, I, I love that. That's a, gr- a great way of looking at that. And yeah. as somebody also said, you know, personas. Um, yeah. it, it, I have that in, in our class on personas. It's like, here's how you do it. You know, you type the, here's what you type in and here's what you get back. And it's pretty amazing. No, I, I, I love Grammarly, it. Oh, sorry, Grant. I do think no, that right. Grammarly does a better job than chat with regards to syntax and just creation yes. of language. I agree with that as well. I, I would agree as well. I can always tell when somebody's posting a chat GPT one because it, the format, the, the language, the way they use it, it comes through. I had accidentally, two times in a row, May, I accidentally hit a button when I was trying to set up something. I got to get better at this, but I so hit on product strategy. Position. I had hit on product strategy. I, I, I had said in my note product planning, but I think that I've come around to overall stakeholder management uh, just because I think the there's more stuff there, uh, but as you guys know, I I I, I waffle and I can change my vote. Dominique Galliard, uh, where would you think you would vote? Uh, product strategy, product planning, product growth, overall stakeholder management, something else. I would say I like the middle one. I hope that's true. But right now, I would say the top one, the first one, product strategy. Okay. Yeah. Why do, why do you think that? Uh, because the ability to be able to, the ability to be able to take things and synthesize them more quickly. The research logic, assistant and your strategy. And your strategy so that, so that discussions around those things can be more productive and consensus might be reached. I mean, there might be a more level playing field, um, I think would be useful. I, you, I, you just made a good case for my vote that I didn't need to make, because I, I, that makes a lot of sense to me that the just the analysis power could help us as a research assistant as we do some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Ari, where would you vote? Yeah, um, I think my my use of AI already and like what I said earlier definitely aligns me to the same thinking as as Dominique. Um, but I think I voted after you took the screenshot and I put okay. it in. It, it depends just because yeah. I don't know. I don't assume that my use case is the same as everybody else's. And I think, I mean, I kind of feel like AI has the potential to do all of these. If like you're a really devoted person, you really want to make it work for you. I think you could choose what you know how you want the 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 AI to be opinionated. Yeah. No, I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard, I don't know. Based upon your descriptions on those, I don't know that I would choose anything on that list. Okay. Um, right. For me, right. Product strategy, product planning. Is that really grunt work? That's right. That is where our unique skills come into play. That's where our brains come into play on being able to actually talk to people, get an understanding from people and then prioritize accordingly. Right. Those aren't grunt work for me. Stakeholder management, right? I mean, I look at leadership teams, every different person I speak with, I need to do it in a different way. It all requires finesse. 
So hmm. we could train the chat GPT to say, oh, write me this memo for George. And it knows how George needs to be talked to. But right, you have to feed it and you uh, have to record uh, meetings and then yeah. feed it transcripts of your meetings with George for it to understand George before yeah. you can do that. No, I, but I, I think Grant's that. real question, Richard, is when you consider the different parts of your job, could chat or could AI eliminate some of the grunt work aspects of that phase so that you can put more energy into customer discussions and face-to-face -face, uh, with uh, stakeholders and the finesse of you know people talking to people as opposed to how much time we spend well, in my example earlier, creating a brochure uh, in a hurry, you know, that was, that's kind of grunt work for me. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that's exactly where I was trying to go with this is where can it take time away from the busy work to give us time to do the. Yeah. And that's what I, work. what I was referring to when I said the top one is not, yeah. not having it do the strategic thinking, but providing the information, the data that is required to do the strategic thinking, because I feel that oftentimes a lot of time is spent with people just going off and talking about their whole avenue, which, which is useful to know their perspective, but sometimes it becomes discussions about everybody's perspective that take a long time and go lots of different directions where it could be tighter when we have the information more easily at our fingertips, the, the relevant information, I should say. No, I I, uh, you, I think you nailed it on the head, Dominique. I completely agree with that. Dutch, I'm going to go to you quickly. You got your hand raised. And Julie, yeah. I want to get your last, you, you get to be our last take on the poll. Yeah, just real quickly, uh, I use AI to come up with images for the blog that I write uh, because I'm not a designer. <laughs> Neither is Steve. Uh, and and coming up with those images is grunt work to me, so it, it'll do it better than I can for sure. No, I, that's actually a, a, an interesting use case. I should probably think about because <laughs> I sometimes don't post because I can't think of an image, and you're supposed to put an image to optimize your whatever algorithm. Uh, Julia, you are the last person. Uh, product planning, product strategy. Sorry, product strategy at the top. Product planning, product growth, or product marketing slash. Uh, stakeholders where would you where do you think where do you see um yeah i'm kind of torn between all of the above and none of the above also i can't remember who said that that um, was that yeah okay yeah so i guess my take is just um it's really just about communications it doesn't matter if you're talking to someone externally which i would consider growth or if you're talking to someone internally which you know I stakeholder a stakeholder or if you're talking to someone that's not a customer yet, um, it doesn't matter. Or you're talking to a new employee. Like it's just about communication to me um, in one way or another. Um, so I guess that's my take is none of the above and all of the above. He's going to fit in just fine, Steve, don't you think? <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> all right. Uh, we're going to get to the wrap up soon. I wanted to get this one question in and we'll try to do it uh almost lightning roundy. Let's get through this. I don't want to have too much conversation, uh, but I just want to get people's, you know, sort of pulse. Will AI be a competitive advantage for product management uh, or table stakes? Uh, Ari. Hmm. Um, 
That's a good question. I'm going to say taking the current mindset, the current use today, uh, competitive advantage. Okay. Currently competitive advantage. I, I like it. Clint. Um, build on a little bit what Ari said. I think it's going to be table stakes, but I don't know when yet, right? I think it's too new and people don't understand how much and what they can do with it. So I think ultimately it will become table stakes, but is that three months, six months, nine months? That's to be seen. Awesome. Julia. Um, I think people are thinking that it should be a competitive advantage, but I also think that to me it's table stakes, um, meaning if you don't have it, then you should be thinking about it because I guess that's the same thing. Uh, it's kind yeah. of, it should be table stakes. I mean, just in the sense of kind of like what Steve was talking, saying about Apple, you know, they haven't publicized it. I, I, I wonder why, if it were me, I would want people to think that I was thinking forward thinking and trying to stay on the latest trends. And um, that would be something I would preach about probably. So I, think I love that. Stakes. Well, Apple right. also doesn't mention that they use HTML on their website. Right. <laughs> it's it's the problem and the solution. It doesn't mean the technology. Uh, Richard, table stakes, competitive advantage. Industry dependent. Some industries right now, it's table stakes, right? Going into development. If you're not using AI, it's taking you way too long to get something out the door. Mm -hmm. uh, look at something like healthcare, the legal space. It's a detractor in many cases, and those companies, because of the issues and the biases within the algorithms, have had to block it. So right now, right, it's not a, it's not a competitive advantage. It's a detractor. Down the line, as things get better, it will become table stakes in some of those, and others, right, it will be that competitive advantage. Yeah, Dominique Allard. Um, yeah, I kind of side with what, uh, Richard just said. I mean, it, it, it will over time become table stakes. The people who don't get on board versus the people who really get on board, that will create a, a disparity that will be a competitive, that could be considered a competitive advantage for those who are, um, ahead of the curve perhaps, but yeah. Yeah. Uh Dominic Sinorel. Um, actually, nothing to add to what Richard just mentioned. It really, it's industry specific and it goes from, you know, being competitive with advantage to table stake right now. It, it all depends who you are, in, you know, in the market. Yeah, I love it. Dutch. Uh, will it be a competitive advantage for product management or table stakes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think, we're all, I think we're all aligning on that theme. <laughs> I think Richard won. Uh, May, any two cents to add? What is the problem you're trying to solve? Does it make sense to solve it with that tool? Does that tool force you to adopt a different methodology that will break everything about how you work together? Because that's going to take time and effort to fix, to change, and also lots of buy-in. Are you ready to do that work? Right. It's not just about introducing a tool. Introducing a tool could break your company. So I think yeah. it's worthwhile taking the time to think about what it is that you're doing. If you're introducing AI into your products, um, what does it mean? How many people are you going to have to hire 
Do you have to restructure your company? Do you have to retrain some of your people to be AI experts? Yeah. Is there a reason you're using AI to solve this particular problem if it could be done 10 times cheaper without AI? Right? Yeah. Like, what are you using it for? It is literally a tool. It is literally another set of technology. Um, if a hammer works really well for what it does, like, you don't need an AI hammer. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I get it. But, yeah. but Bluetooth on a hammer. Now, that's got some left. <laughs> Yes, it does. Julia, you raised your hand. Yeah, sorry. What May said just made me think, like, I think for me, it's like, if it was cheap and easy to integrate some kind of AI into your product, I think it should be table stakes. I think that's what I'm thinking. Like, then people will learn. They'll try something new. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. You'll you'll learn something in the process. And that's what this is all about anyway. So why not? Let's go. Yeah. Dominic, sign her out. Just want to add one little thing here. Um, are we using AI for the role of the product manager to or accomplish tasks? Yeah. Or are we adding AI to the product itself, right? These are two separate the, discussions. The, the, yeah, and this the lens originally was on using it as product managers using AI. But right. in some cases, we're using products with AI in it to do that. And so I still, you know, I, I think Rich Richard said it well. I think May said it well. Steve, any last comments on that before we wrap it up? In 1983, I was training a bunch of mainframe operators. And one of them said, well, if management wants us to learn these new personal computers, they better train us. And I said, if you want a job in five years, you better train yourself. And this may be one of those, right? I mean, I remember hard coding HTML and I haven't seen HTML in years. I see people doing presentations on how to do prompt engineering and asking the questions in the right format. And that's, a, 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 I think, almost a waste of time because that's all going to be improved uh, the same way HTML was. Um, but I think coming back around to the original question, does it make sense? You know, there are people who are adding Bluetooth to salt shakers. They're adding uh, uh, whatever shiny object comes along. Always you have this flurry of we've got to have, we got to be on the web. We've got to be .NET. We have to be Bluetooth. We have to be whatever, you know, and there'll be this flurry of the, um, the, the peak of whatever froth it's of, called. Before. Froth of disillusionment. Well, that's where I was going to. Yeah, we're going to so we're going to see a whole bunch of noise about this for a while and then we'll all enter the trough of disillusionment and we'll find some middle ground where AI is a partner uh, rather than a competitor. Now, Steve, don't you want to know there's too much humidity in your house and the salt in your salt shaker is starting to stick together before <laughs> you have to dump out the entire thing and refill it? Wow. Is that a Bluetooth app or is that an AI app? I'm not quite sure, but I will say I would like my <laughs> home automation to let me know if there's standing water on the floor in the basement, which I can do. I haven't I, done. You can do. No, they have it. Yeah. I built, so you, yeah. Well, I have lost total control of this conversation. Maybe I needed AI as a partner to help me do that. 
Uh, we're going to skip our key takeaways just because, well, we don't have time to because that last round, which has some good takeaways and good conversations. It's like one of our old lightning rounds, and I shouldn't have probably gone there with the time we had. But what, what we're going to we're going to wrap it up. Amazing conversation, uh, as always, with this group. Uh, really great to have some new people, uh, Dominique and, and Julia. Hopefully you had enough fun that you want to come back. In two weeks, we're actually going to start a three-part series on psychological safety. Uh, because this topic is so big that we decided that we can't cover it in one week. <laughs> so week one is actually going to be Dominic uh, Signorell. Week one is going to be, what is it? Uh, the second time we do it, it's going to be, how does it impact you? Good psychological safety, bad psychological safety. And the third part of the series is going to be how do you actually create it? So we're going to, the next six weeks are programmed every other week. Uh, so it starts in two weeks. It'll be psychological safety. Uh, and we do this now every two weeks uh, in the community. Uh, Monday, the question goes in. Wednesday, the poll. Friday, these amazing conversations where I get new perspectives. Hopefully you all get new perspectives. We change our minds. We make friends. Uh, and we enjoyed the conversation. So I thank everybody, Ari, Richard, Dominic Cianarell, Dutch, Clinton, who I believe. Thank you guys so much. Julia Bush, Dominic Galliard, thank you so much for joining us. Your voices were great additions to this, this call. I hope to get you guys on more. Mei Wong, thank you as always. My friend, Steve, everybody have a great weekend. We'll see you guys in the community. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to Product Conversations, brought to you by Product Growth Leaders. Product Growth Leaders helps product leaders and their teams remove the chaos from product management and achieve product success and purpose. For more great content and to learn how we do this or to join the conversation, visit us at productgrowthleaders.com. If you haven't yet, go to your Apple, Android, or favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And join us next week for another episode.